Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. This is episode number 58, and I'm chatting with you, getting real honest with you about common sleep mistakes that I hear when I'm in public or I hear on social media. I've heard from friends, you guys, I'm sure the four freezes, the four common mistakes that I've heard throughout my years as a parent and then as a sleep consultant, I'm sure that you've heard these before, if not even said them yourselves. And before I even get into it, I'm definitely never, ever here to judge what you're doing in your family's sleep. No, girl, there's no way I could be a successful sleep consultant and come with a huge dose of judgment on you. Like, that's not right. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to help you solve these exhausting sleep habits. And the only way that can be done is if we're open and honest. And if I ever came with a judgmental attitude, y'all would never open up to me. So none of this is supposed to be judgmental. In fact, I hope that if you are finding yourself like, ooh, yeah, ooh, I do that, I say that, then this is just a great kind of lovingly calling out and really asking for a change in the way that we approach some of these sleep mistakes or sleep misconceptions, rather. So anyways, the first misconception or common mistake that I have heard parents use when it comes to sleep with their children is they use sleep as a punishment. So that may sound really harsh, but what I mean is that perhaps you're in the mid-morning time and you find that your toddler is not listening to you. I was once at a friend's house and heard someone say, if you don't do that and you don't listen to me, you're going to go down for your nap. Oh my goodness, this made me just get really teary-eyed because this parent was using sleep as a punishment. Like, if you don't listen to me, you're going to have to go to sleep. Well, no wonder they were having nap troubles because the child saw sleep as a punishment. Why would we ever want to treat sleep as a punishment when we so desperately just want to change things? Now, I think it's easy to use sleep as a punishment. And I know as a toddler and preschooler mom that sometimes you just say things and without really thinking about it, gosh, I've been there. But I want you to not use sleep as a punishment because we want our children to have a love for sleep so that they are able to grow and thrive. Remember, when your child is sleeping, that is the only time the growth hormones are secreted. So they need to sleep. Their bodies have to do it. And you will only incite a battle if you use sleep as a punishment. The other way I've heard it is, if you don't eat your dinner, you're going to go to bed. Okay, well... For one, that's a terrible way to teach your child about the nutrition, right? But also you're missing the key element that bedtime, especially if you've perhaps been away from your child during the day, is a time to connect. And now you're using bedtime as a punishment so that perhaps the next night when there's a dinner that they love and they gobble it all up, they're still going to have this residual idea that bedtime routine could be used against them and to perhaps be on guard about that. So I don't want you to use sleep as a punishment. If you have been maybe saying things like that, there are a myriad of other ways that we could approach this. My favorite when I work with toddlers and preschoolers is using when and if statements. So instead saying, when you finish your dinner, 
then we can play together. If you don't finish your dinner, then we won't have enough time to play and enjoy the afternoon. And so really using when and if statements are so powerful. And instead of saying, you know, when you don't listen to me, you're not going to, you're going to have to go take a nap. Instead, just rephrase that, you know, when you listen and clean up your toys, then we can watch a show or when you listen to me, then we can blank, whatever maybe they're looking forward to next. Or if they're trying to move from one activity to the next and they don't want to, okay, when you clean up your blocks, that's when we can play with the puzzles or whatever it is that they're looking for, whatever they're looking to move on to next allow them and remind them to, you got to finish this task or clean up this task before we move on. Don't hold their nap or an early bedtime over them, which really has nothing to do with what they're doing in that exact moment. So I really urge you to just kind of pick through and see if you've been using sleep as a punishment, then we for sure don't want to do that. We want our children to be instilled to love sleep and to not fight it. So I would just encourage you um, to evaluate maybe how you're speaking into your child's Um, discipline, and perhaps using sleep as a form of punishment. The other thing that I've definitely heard from parents is that they have used locking the door as a way to keep their child in their bed and in hopes that they'll sleep all night long. Now, while there's nothing like wrong with saying that you're going to close the door or that you have to leave the room or lock the door, things like that, because those are strategies when used correctly, those work. And I even talk about that in my toddler sleepy coaching. But you know, Just saying you're going to lock the door, that's not a plan. And the real thing that I get really just nervous about is it kind of gives that child the fear of like, well, what's going to happen? Because you just said, I'm locking the door. There is no other like what's happening. They don't know if you're going to open it back up. They don't know if what, what's going to happen. And so I get really, really nervous. It's very akin to when parents tell me that they're doing cry it out, which just means they're going to close the door and let their baby extinct themselves to sleep doesn't matter how long it takes. They'll just see in 12 hours. That's not really a plan to hold fast to. And so many of my toddler parents in the toddler sleepy coaching have said, oh my goodness, yes, I've done like a leave the room or close the door strategy. But I just said, I'm locking your door. See in the morning time. And that did not give that child any expectation to latch onto. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't work or that cry it out doesn't work. I think there are definitely cases and people who say, oh, that completely worked for me. But that's not something to just go around spreading and saying, oh, just lock your child's door and they'll stay in all night long and they'll sleep all night. No, because every child is different. So saying that is not a copy and paste action. And it's definitely not a plan to say that you're just going to lock the door in hopes that they will somehow magically sleep all night long. No, you had no other plan. You did nothing else besides say this one phrase because you were frustrated. And I get it. You were frustrated over no sleep. You were frustrated over your toddler preschooler getting out of bed multiple times. And that really boils down to the expectations. So I have a current client who said that they had done a lock the door strategy prior to us getting started with toddler um, e-coaching. Well, guess what? They were using this strategy on a two-year-old who really didn't need to be in an open bed. And so there always comes in mind just that expectation, right? The age expectation of how old is your child? Because if they're under three years old, they really should be back inside a crib because they just don't understand the expectations of an open bed. So therefore, if you have a kiddo who doesn't even know or comprehend rules, boundaries, freedom, and then you're locking them in the room, that does not set anybody up for success. And I would really, really urge you to please have a plan. If your child is under three years old and you are finding that sleepless nights are all just the trend right now for your family, 
please, please, please have a plan. Where can you get this plan? Toddler sleepy coaching. I want you to have an exact plan of what to do, how to do it, and to be confident and not to just arbitrarily say, I'm going to lock the door. No, we've got to have a plan. I think the next mistake that I see when sleep, and no wonder, I think this is going to happen for everybody and even myself, is that we allow our stress to take hold of the situation over sleep. So that when you know that bedtime is coming and you have no idea how long it's going to take to rock your baby or to nurse your baby or to lay down with your toddler or to sit next to your preschooler, you have no idea how long that's going to take. You naturally are going to start to have a low level or high level anxiety around bedtime. And when that happens, guess who senses it? Your child, your baby, your family. And when everybody else around you senses the stress Is anything ever going to click? No, because you, mom, as the really the primary one here who is taking charge of your child's sleep or the one who is very much in tune with your family's emotions, if you're full of stress, then it's only going to rub off on everybody else. So in my all of my coachings for babies, toddlers, preschoolers, I always have to remind parents, remember to be calm. You don't want to be calm when you're up five times in the nighttime. You don't want to be calm. You want to get mad. But we have to because if we are not emitting our calmness and if we don't have our senses around us, then we're not going to see success because you're not going to stick to a plan solidly. I have a client who when we were working together in our second week with her four-year-old son, we were really frustrated because there were certain things we were really trying to figure out. And I was really encouraging mom on that. We've got to stay peaceful. We've got to have our, our wits about us in the middle of the nighttime because unfortunately, in the middle of the nighttime, when we're just out of it, this kiddo was getting away with a lot of things. He was getting away with um, stalling tactics. He was getting away with going to mommy and daddy's room because that's so easy. But what we had to remember was we're not to yell and we're not to scream and really berate our child about, why are you not staying in your bed? Well, they don't know how. And so I always have to call that out to parents like, hey, remember, they don't know how. We're here to teach them. And it's really, really tough for you as mom and dad to stay calm and centered and focused during sleep training. But it's so important because you should not be sleep training for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months on end. No. For babies, this is a two-week process. It's a rough first two nights. But as we lay these foundations, we've got to see things click. For toddlers and preschoolers, we're looking at three to four weeks of laying the foundation, how to do this. That first week is tough. If you're older, yeah, sometimes it does take a couple of weeks to really sink. But guys, please, I urge you to find an accountability buddy. Okay, this is action step. If you have an older child and you're sleep training them, maybe through the toddler sleepy coaching or you're working one-on-one with me, I'm your accountability buddy. But if you're doing this the DIY style through the e-coachings, I urge you to use your partner as your accountability buddy. Maybe do sleepy coaching, get a friend of yours to both sign up together and do this because having someone to talk to is so important. And you will definitely find yourself a super stress ball if you don't have the accountability buddy. And it's going to be just so powerful to have somebody call you out when you've eaten those Reese's in the middle of the night and you're not supposed to. (laughs) And by eating Reese's, I mean letting your child into the bed when you're supposed to be doing your sleep plan. So definitely things to think about there. So yes, when you have stress over your child's sleep, that is definitely going to impact the whole night. Because who could fall asleep when there's stress? Nobody. 
The final thing that I really want to call out is kind of very much similar to the whole eating Reese's in the middle of the night. It's the inconsistency. So maybe you don't have stress because you're just very whatever about your child's sleep situation. I think there's definitely these two different types of styles where either you are just a, a full of stress because you don't know what's happening or why things are happening. And then I think maybe the next phase of that is that you just don't care anymore. Now, I don't really buy that. I think you really do care. But you've lost any sense of consistency. And you've decided that this is just how it is. This is just your life. That is maybe it's a phase. Um, gosh, what is that like quote that hangs up that says like, our babies are only little once. You should just rock them forever. You should always rock them. I don't know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't like that. Uh, because I do believe that that's completely messing up with mom's mental health. And that's another story. But anywho, I definitely want to call out mistakes on inconsistencies. Because we definitely can't say that we just don't care about it. We've given up on it. You've lost all hope. When there is hope. There is absolutely, I just don't ever buy it that a child we give up on. Why would we give up on them? Why would we give up on our, on our son, on our daughter? No, it's really, really, truly the misconception and the mistake of being inconsistent. So if this might help you take a little step towards your action goals, like just imagine that you were hiring a personal trainer and you were going to the gym and you were really dedicated to lose weight, but you recognized that you just need a little bit of guidance. And so you did hire a personal trainer to help you. And that personal trainer said, you know what, you're you're really working out real strong. We've got a good solid plan here. Now it's time time to really focus in and make sure you're eating some lean meat. And then you go home and you down a whole bag of Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, is that the lean meat that your trainer was talking about? Uh, no. Is that going to help you make any progress towards building muscle mass? No. Guys, it's the exact same thing with sleep training. If you've given up on sleep training and you've just decided that, you know what, it's too far gone, I just, there's no more hope, and you're just downing the bags of Reese's, well, no, nothing's never going to change. But if you do have accountability and you do things the right way and you have a plan, we are going to see progress. And as your personal sleep trainer, I want you to know that it's never easy, but it's always worth it. And so those inconsistencies, maybe we start just for like three days. Could you give me three days? Just three days. Start writing down what's going on. Start writing down the bedtime when they fell asleep. How long it took them to fall asleep? What happened in the middle of the night? Just give me three days of tracking their nighttime, their morning wake-up time, their nap time. Because a lot of my clients never even realize how far gone they are. And then when they decide like, whoa, I need to make change. They look in the mirror and they see that gain and it's not muscle. They realize I have got to do something differently. Otherwise, literally, your health is going down the toilet. Why? Because sleep is the foundation of our health. I already told you that's when your child, their growth hormones are secreted. When we have broken sleep all night long, it literally is like you're walking around drunk. That's how your body processes sleep loss. Your memory is gone. You have a really hard time concentrating. Sometimes you can't even literally walk straight. Sleep deprivation is dangerous. Sleep is not a luxury. So I want you to start to focus in and just write down, maybe you even remember how the past three nights have gone. I just want you to write down for three days what's happening. 
And I want you to take this three-day challenge as a way to see where you need to go. At the end of those three days, if you understand like, wow, I have got to make a change, then I want you to go to littlezsleep.com slash quiz. And I want you to see what your next step is because you see what's happening. You know you need to make change. And now it's time to find your plan for your family, for sleep, because it's so needed. So I hope that these common mistakes, common misconceptions, yeah, my goal was to light a little fire under your booty to let you know like, hey, these are some things we need to change. And I know this was uncomfortable, but I know it's worth it. And so I'm really, really looking forward to hearing how this reaches you because it's really easy for me to sit behind this microphone, talk to a screen and get these thoughts out of my head. But I really do want to know how this impacts you. So whether you want to leave a comment on my website, because if you're listening through my website, you can just scroll down and leave a comment, just like a blog. Or if you're listening here on iTunes, leave a review or shoot me an Instagram DM because those are super fun to connect with you over. And I want to hear how these things are impacting you. Guys, sleep is a thing and I want you to have it. Sweet dreams. See you next time.